This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the November 28th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to go over some season-long stuff. Interesting week. A lot of injuries, a lot of new lineups we saw on Sunday, a lot of guys having bad Sundays that we'll kind of lead off with here. With me to do so is Ryan Kanas. What's up, man? Uh, nothing. Just, yeah, I was on games last night. There was some, some crazy action between, like you said, you mentioned players struggling, a couple guys went off, and then all those those wild lineup changes. Jeez, yeah. So we'll just, we're going to get to it uh, with the, the bad line of the night was Aaron Gordon. Started off with good news. Like, oh, he's starting because Jeff Green was out. Maybe this could get him going. And no. Um, He went 0 for 12 from the field. No turnovers, at least. But 0 for 3 from 3. 0 for 6 at the rim. Uh, Struggled on mid-range, obviously. So, I mean, he's been bad. Uh, Really, really bad. 36% in November shooting. Uh, He's not getting the steals. He's not getting the blocks. He's not hitting threes. He's 58% from the line. I mean, he's just been really, really bad. Uh, no other way to slice it. So if you have Aaron Gordon, what are you doing with him? I, I mean, what can you do with him other than just kind of ride it out, right? Yeah, you could ride it out, honestly. Um, I mean, I, I think you could justify cutting him. I think he's a you know, top 100 value. He's got nice upside, but we've yet to see it this season. And... Uh, you know, if you try to trade him, can't find anyone to bite, and yeah. you just need a win this week. Um, yeah, I think he's a legit cut candidate. Uh, and again, I'm someone who likes Aaron Gordon. I think he he's got nice mid, maybe even mid range uh, upside. But well, not mid range because he can't hit anything. <laughs> he's. Uh, I, I noted last night in a blurb, he's shooting 62 percent within eight feet of the hoop. Yeah. But beyond eight feet, he's at a combined 31 of 103 from the field, which is just over 30 percent. So, I mean, that's been a problem throughout his career. It's not changing this season. Yeah, and he's not finishing at the rim. I mean, he has a, when, he, when he's not dunking, he's very subpar. Uh, so, yeah, he, like you said, I'm, I, don't, I don't think he's worth owning in 10 teams. I mean, in 10 teams, there's some good guys sitting out on the wire. I mean, you could, I'd rather cut him for, like, I don't like Kaminsky a lot, but I'd cut him for, like, Kaminsky. I'd rather have a struggling Covington, for instance. Um, I'd rather have, trying to think who else, maybe... Like, maybe even Tyson Chandler, if you rather have a big. I mean, there's a lot of other ways you can go that, yeah, he's definitely not most owner anymore. I mean, if, if I saw him sitting on the wire, I wouldn't be thinking, like, all right, get him, you know? And I was I like Gordon last year, but Frank Vogel's kind of ruining him, man. Uh, he's not playing him in the right position. The whole, every, every scout was like, he's a four. He wanted to play the three. And, yeah, he's a four. Uh, he, he doesn't have a perimeter game, which we're really seeing right now. Uh, so let's stick with the Magic. They had a ridiculous amount of lineup changes. They started DJ Augustine. They started Bismack Biombo. They benched Nikola Vucevic, and they started. Uh, I mean, it was just it was just crazy. Uh, so I guess we'll st- we talked about Vuce last week. So w- are you concerned about the move, or is there anything that would make you even slightly worried about what's going to happen? I'm not too worried. I mean, Vogel's rotations have been a mess anyway. Vooch played 30 minutes last night. Uh, he's been red hot over the past three games. 
So, no, I'm, I'm fine with him. I mean, he got off to a terrible start, and he's finally heating up. So yep. the fact that he's coming off the bench wouldn't make me panic as someone who owns him. Yep. Three-man big rotation, sign me up. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and like, they all played 30 minutes plus last night. 33-33 for the starters, Ibaka and Biombo. Yeah, I mean, they're both they're, they're going to get minutes. Uh, that's how they want to handle their big rotation. Uh, it's I always talk about the, the Brandon Knight kind of three-guard rotation. Three guys, two positions, and it's the same thing for for these guys. Three guys, two positions, power forward and center. So yeah, dial him up. Uh, definitely trending up. Like you said, he's had three great games uh, since Thanksgiving. So uh, he looks, or even well, the day before Thanksgiving too. So yeah, he looks great. Uh, definitely roll yeah. with him. What about point guard? Or, do you want to add something? No, I was just gonna say you mentioned the fact, uh, which I think is key, that Vooch played a lot of minutes alongside Biombo last night. Yeah. So. That's that's critical. If you're if you're his owner, I, I'd actually take a positive out of what happened last night and then not look at it as a as a demotion or a negative. For sure, his usage rate was down. I think three three points in change compared to last year, and it's up again with this move. So, yeah, he looks great. Uh, if if he's gonna play with Peyton, if they do want to roll with this, they didn't win. The, they didn't win the game, so that's kind of a negative, I guess. But yeah, it's, it doesn't matter if you guy plays thirty minutes uh, with his scoring ability and good for percentages. Rebounding numbers are way up all of a sudden. He looks great. Uh, so let's get to the point guard situation. Pretty much split it. Uh, 25 minutes for the starter, G.J. Augustine. 29 for Alfred. So this is, again, just about uh, almost like a three-guard rotation. They only had an eight-man rotation. C.J. Watson got in there for 21 minutes. So that was mostly because Jeff Green was out, so they had to go smaller. So what, do you, what are we doing with, with Peyton or Augustine? Is he a pickup for you? How do you view this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to touch Augustine in, in any kind of standard leagues. Um, Peyton, I think, much the same as he was before he went to the bench. Uh, the minutes are pretty similar, his usage pretty similar. Uh, he actually shot well last night, so that's that's a good thing for once. Um, not reading any, anything into Watson, as you said. I mean, he ran a tight eight-man rotation last night, and Watson just happened to be the guy that they went to in the small lineups. Um, Over Mario Hazania, by the way. Rudej didn't play at all, so... Yeah. Over Mario, what's up? I can't believe it. he hates Mario. He's like Bowser. Yeah, that's. I mean, and granted, Mario was off to a rough start. He was shooting the ball terribly. Yeah. But I feel like you got to give a guy confidence. You can't play him eight minutes a night and expect him to, you know, suddenly start lighting it up. So very frustrating. Yeah, I mean, first round pick last year, lottery pick, and just all of a sudden, man, his defense. He's been bad. Um. So yeah, I mean, you have to cut him like almost anywhere. Uh, okay, anything else you want to add on this situation? Um, what about Biombo? Is he kind of a pickup for you? A little bit of a block specialist. He's not going to have a high upside. Obviously, low usage, bad free throw shooter, doesn't yeah. have the best rebounding rate. So he's more or less a block specialist. Yeah, I think the only time I've ever owned Biombo was that stretch last year when he was filling in for JV and it yep. was just like a, pl- a playoffs fantasy league. No, I've never been into Biombo for fantasy purposes. Yep, same, same. I will say, final note, that uh, Fournier looks like a big winner if he sticks with this new lineup. Because yeah. Vogel even said that part of his part of the impetus to make this change was to get the ball in Fournier's hand uh, with a better shooting guard next to him in Augustine who can just spread the court and make things easier for Fournier. Um, and he went off last night. So if you own him, you got to hope that they stick with this lineup. For sure. Uh, yeah, DJ Augustine may be a quote-unquote point guard, but he definitely is more of a shooting guard style, kind of a guy who shoots the ball, catch-and-shoot kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm with you 100% on Fournier being a winner. All right, so another guy who was just dreadful yesterday. Just want to hit him quickly. J.R. Smith, man. Uh, they can't play him in day games. <laughs> Every time I see him play in a day game, 
uh, Jared Smith. Maybe had he was at the uh, the Ohio State game the day before. They did leave that game in the fourth quarter, so he didn't stay there and have fun for the the big win over Michigan. But man, his last two, he's one of twenty two from the field. <laughs> um, well, I mean, cut him. And this is the guy that's very up and down. We've seen him get hot and post like second round value for like three weeks at a time. But he just goes through these stretches where it's just like, dude, stop doing this. So just cut him and pick him up later. I mean, his upside's not that great. Yeah, he's kind of like a top 100 guy. Um, and that's concentrated almost entirely in three-pointers. Um, so if you need a three-point specialist, I'm okay hanging on to him. You, you mentioned how incredibly streaky he is. So he goes one of 22 in these games, and he could he could go 14 of 20 from downtown in his next three games. Um so I'm I'm alright holding on to him, but he's not he's not a must-own guy. He's shooting 30.4% this season. Uh, but on the plus side, he hasn't missed a free throw. <laughs> yeah, positives, man. Uh six six to six. <laughs> six, to six. <laughs> so yeah, right, right. Yeah, he's twenty-eight point eight percent in November. He just he has not looked right since that little three-game absence. Uh, anything else you want to add Cavs wise? That 76ers game may be worth talking about. Ursan Eliasova's defense is really, really bad. Uh, Sarge had to guard LeBron. He looked bad at times. Uh, so yeah, I yeah, uh, I mean Okafor Okafor looked better. I thought that was a good takeaway. Nick Sauce Castillo was looked a lot better. Covington mm-hmm. uh, Covington missed a breakaway layup yesterday. Man, freaking Covington. Uh, we'll, we'll quickly on Covington. We'll, we'll finish off the the bad guys with him, I guess. Um, he, as bad as his shooting is, twenty eight percent. He's still one point nine steals, 0.8 blocks, one point six threes. Okay on free throws. He's doing everything else. Five boards. It's just his, his shooting so bad. So of these bad guys that we've talked about, Gordon Smith, I think he's probably the the most must hold. Even though Hollis Thompson's sneaking up and taking minutes from and Sauce Castillo. Yeah, I'm alright with Covington. Uh, I own him in a couple leagues, and I basically just bench him. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's not every owner can afford to do that. If you're trying to win a week, you know you might want to stream that position and get four mediocre games rather than zero games or two subpar games from Covington. Um, but I, I like him. I like his upside. We've seen him post top 75 past two years, so we know what he can do. His shots, as you, you I mean, you said he's he's getting. A, uh, done in most categories. He just needs the shot to fall. Yeah. And yeah, out of this little triumvirate of struggling players, I take Covington, then probably Jr. and then Gordon last. I think the holy triumvirate I mean they have a, a hole in their game. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have uh, Reggie Jackson coming back, putting some practice in. So Ish Smith, unlike Tim Frazier, who we'll talk about, Ish is a straight cut. I mean, he's very he's not going to play next to Jackson. Uh, they have KCP there. They pretty much have it figured out. So he'll be a, a big-time cut candidate, unlike Frazier. you agree with me? Yeah, he was just barely clinging to value as is. Yeah. So with with Jackson back, I don't I don't see it happening. Yeah, he can't guard twos like it's and he can't guard ones. <laughs> so yeah, he'll be he'll be cut. All right, so if you look at the Heat injury report, uh, you may have to settle in. It's quite a, a lengthy one. Uh, they have pretty much their entire starting five questionable or out. Um, Gordon Dragic is questionable. Deion Waiters, who's been on the injury report pretty much the whole week, uh, he's finally out with this groin injury. So what are we doing here? I mean, Waiters, I mean, are you gonna, he's been playing well. He's been putting up mid-round value the last couple weeks, but that's it for pretty much his ceiling. So... I'm not really too keen on him. Is there anybody that you really benefits here? Like, say, if Dragic does miss this one, um, who are you looking to, to grab? I mean, Tyler Johnson has the mouth injury. He loses a tooth, like, every week. 
Um, yeah. So, and then Willie, Willie Reed's still banged up. Justice Winslow's still banged up. He's out. Um, what are we doing with this? Uh, it's just a mess, but it's basically everyone you're mentioning. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you said Whiteside, but he's also yeah. questionable tonight with a knee injury. Um, but everyone's day to day, so this is more of a streaming kind of DFS conundrum. Um, so in terms of season long, I don't really see any anyone moving too much. Uh, in terms of tonight, I'd be happy to play Josh Richardson. He's yeah. going to be real busy. Um, Rodney McRuder might be a sneaky punt play in DFS for sure. Uh, I guess if Whiteside's ruled out early, you could give Willie Reed a look because he's every time Whiteside sits, like if he's in foul trouble, Willie Reed gets off the bench and plays 15 minutes and a half. Uh, so he, he's definitely going to be the guy they turn to. But yeah, he's also banged up and um, just a lot of question marks. So basically, Jay Rich, maybe Magruder is a punt play. Yeah. James Johnson's been okay with Winslow out, um, but nothing, nothing too outstanding. Yeah, I like Josh Richardson a lot tonight. Um, he hasn't really quite come on, uh, missing shots, missing a lot of two pointers. But his last two, he's he's hit three point five threes in his last two games. Average, uh, his assists are up, handling the ball more. They like him wherever they play him in three positions. I think he's going to have a, a huge game tonight. So I like him a lot. And Roddy Magruder, you mentioned he's been pretty good uh, without Dragic. He's basically picked up all of Dragic's minutes. Played thirty four, scored eleven on Saturday. Uh, and yeah, James Johnson as well. I, I think you kind of sold him short, man. He's been pretty good. He's been really good. Uh, I think he's going to take minutes away from Derek Williams and Luke Babbitt. So I think even when we kind of we kind of didn't really give him the benefit of the doubt last week, but over the past week, I think he's really gained some ground. And I think he may be worth holding in standard to see if he can kind of pull those power forward minutes away. They love to go small, and they do play Winslow at the four a little bit. So uh, definitely a guy I would consider. And yeah, like you said, if Willie Reed's a go, and we should add, he went through his full pregame routine on Saturday. So he should be pretty close to 100%. I expect him to get 24 minutes if he's a go uh, from that hyperextension on his knee. So, uh, And then also Josh McRoberts will play a little bit. But, yeah, it's it's going to be – it's gonna. I mean, Richardson may play 45 minutes tonight. Uh, he's going to have to play a huge minutes. He's pretty much must play in DFS. Um, yeah, anything, anything else you want to add? No, that, that wraps it up. Yeah, that's a lot to wrap up. All right, so Nuggets, they need some small forwards uh, really bad. Um, Gallo's been banged up. Uh, they had Juan Hernan Gomez available, but he didn't play on Sunday. Uh, Will Barton, not himself. He looked really bad in his, in his return, so he's still out. Uh, man, Wilson Chandler's been incredible. So, uh, they, they've been playing him pretty much at the four, but now out of necessity they're playing him at the three. And then also Jamal Murray has been lights out. Uh, arguably, he's right behind Embiid for Rookie of the Year all of a sudden after that 0-16 start. Um, so what do we make of, of the Nuggets? Anybody that you may like more than most or anyone you don't like as much? Jameer Nelson also has been good. Yeah, he's been subtly effective uh, playing a bigger role, playing some two-guard actually. And Chandler's been awesome. I mean, you, you just got to keep rolling with him. Um, I don't think their schedule is too favorable this week. I don't have it in front of me, but I think they only play three times maybe. Uh, and then they have a game against the Heat on Wednesday. So it's it's not a great week, but I still think Chandler, especially with Gallo iffy, 
Uh, Barton, who knows if he's going to play. Gary Harris is still out. So Chandler's been awesome. He's going to get plenty of minutes, so I think he's a must-start this week. For sure. Um, what do you, how do you feel about Jamal Murray? Do you think what he's doing is sustainable, like long-term? Um, you know they probably want to develop him, especially if they yeah. keep losing games. Uh, but, but with Barton and Harris coming back, how do you feel about Murray's uh, rest of the season outlook? I like him, and believe it or not, he's tied for second for rookies for points per game. And you probably wouldn't guess what he's tied with. I wouldn't hazard a guess. Yeah, who is it? yeah Jonathan Gibson. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Right. yeah, he's only played six games, but per game. Yeah, it's two game outbursts. Yeah, right? yeah, they're tied at 10.5 per game. Uh, and then huh. Dario is right behind him at 9.2, obviously, and beats number one at 18.2. But yeah, uh, I like him, man. I really liked him in Summer League. We knew he was going to be kind of raw, and obviously, with that slow start, uh, he he's come around now. He's had that three game stretch with 20 points per game, had an 18 pointer before that. Uh, he loves the Utah Jazz, apparently. Had kind of a disappointing game against the Suns. Uh, Devin Booker took him to school late in that game, uh, but yeah, I like him. I think he's worth holding. They're gonna, like you said, they're losing games, so he's someone I would definitely want to hold on to and see what happens. I mean, he's gonna take threes. I think he can be a two-three game guy, and if he can hit forty-five percent from the field, which he's been doing lately, he's forty-eight percent in his last five, uh, which that's not gonna be that good. But I think forty-three, forty-four is within reason for a guy who's gonna hit two threes. That works. A good free throw shooter. His assists will probably be around two and change. Needs to keep the turnovers down, which he's done so far lately. So, yeah, I like him. See what happens with him. Um, yeah, he looks good. Uh, let's talk about Jokic super quick. Uh, great, great game. Uh, besides the Blazer game, the OT game, I thought it was his second best game, uh, both on the stat sheet and in reality. Closed, played 31 minutes. That's his most minutes played in a non-overtime game. Yeah. Um, people, uh, No one asked me if they want to cut Jokic today. So, so that's a good sign. So are, are we cool now, or what, do you, what are you doing if you have Jokic? Are you going to try to use this little outburst to kind of sell him at maybe 80% of his value, something like that? I don't think so. Yeah. I've been patient with him so far this season. I've been preaching patience, and I think you just stay the course. Um, I don't think a couple decent games and one double-double is going to suddenly make people want to give you a top 50 value for him. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to end up there. I just don't think... Uh, you know, after all the struggles and all, you know everyone piling on him, uh, I think his his uh, appearance in fantasy circles has just been smeared to such an extent that his owners just kind of have to hang tight, uh, accept some hopefully mid round value from him, and hope that his role expands as the season goes on. Yeah, Nurkic hasn't played well, so that's a positive for sure. Uh, all right, we'll move on to another team that's banged up. That's kind of the theme for today. Uh, injuries and poor players. Uh, really fun stuff to talk about. Uh, but we've got Memphis. Again, small forward is the issue. James Ennis still out for another week and change. Chandler Parsons going to be out for another week and change, but he's looked bad, and he's going to have restrictions pretty much the whole season. Um, a borderline cut. Man, I'll tell you what, one guy who really impressed me this weekend was Troy Williams. I loved what he did on defense. He was really aggressive, gave him a, a lot of energy, and I don't know why they didn't start him in that what, where he was announced as the starter, but I think he's got it now. I think he's going to start for the next week. Uh, I have him in the 30-man, and I'm starting him confidently tonight uh, for the week. I, I really like him a lot. I uh, had that career-high 18. Not going to be too great for fantasy because he won't do much besides score, maybe give you a little bit of defensive stats. He does shoot the three, though. Um, so I like him a lot. He's going to benefit. Uh, Troy Daniels was available to play and did not play on Saturday. So I, I like him. Uh, Mike Conley's been playing really well. Marcus Saul, their minutes are, aren't as restricted. So, yeah, Grizzlies, man. Uh, and then also my boy J-Mike uh, has really come on, too. 
So a lot of positives for the Grizzlies. Anybody? Um, I think I like J. Mike Pye more than most. But how do you feel about him? And or do you think I'm overreacting on Troy Williams? Or what do you think? No, I think, uh, I mean, I get why you're hyped, because you've got him in our ultra-competitive 30-player 30, 30 yeah. team, uh, or a 30-team league. So, yeah, I mean, he's a great guy to plug into your lineup. And I, I'd use him as a streamer. I mean, why not? Like you said, the Grizzlies are just decimated at small forward right now. He's coming off a great game versus the Heat, uh, which is not an easy matchup. Scored 18 points, uh, three boards, a couple assists. So, yeah, I'd be happy rolling him out there. Um, Conley's been a maniac. Gasol's been awesome. One concern there is that they do have a back-to-back coming up on Wednesday and Thursday. So if you're an owner, you got to expect either hopefully just limited minutes on, on maybe the first half of this against the Raptors. Um, but it's possible that they'll give him a DMP. I don't know. Are, are they still resting them in one game of DMPs, or has that come to an end? Uh, they had uh, Fizdale in his pregame on Saturday. He was saying, like, oh, it's kind of a fluid situation. Yeah. We'll kind of play it by ear, blah, 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 blah. By the way, what did you? What the hell? Why did they bring him off the bench the other day? I mean, there's other ways to limit guys' minutes. I, I mean, based on what I heard, it sounded like because Zebo was out, he was like, "Oh my god, my second unit's trash," uh, so yeah, I had to put yeah. Conley out there. So I guess that's why. But do you think that was the right thing? I mean, it didn't work. Um, it didn't work, and yeah. usually coaches like to keep that second unit continuity together. You know, you want your first and second unit to just to stay cohesive yeah um so it was a strange decision I, I guess i get it like you said i mean and in fairness their second unit w- would have had absolutely no offense uh maybe vince carter would be the, the leading <laughs> offensive threat um but no it was a strange decision and i don't think we'll see him do that again half a man half the offense <laughs> all right <laughs> so move on uh let's take greg monroe really quick um jason kidd likes that little two center rotation so he's obviously not going to start him pretty much for the reasons we just said because he wants scoring punch off the bench. So, man, I don't even care, man. Like, I'd rather have Aaron Gordon. I'm not real, I'm not willing to wait this out for Monroe, who only really has mid-round upside anyways. Like, this is just too annoying for me. It's super annoying. And if you own him, you're basically looking for, for that holy trade that we've been you yeah. know, praying for for a season now. But the Bucks tried their hardest to trade him over the offseason and found out that he just has no value. So I don't see why that would change. Uh, you know, when his own team who wants to bolster his trade value has nearly knocked him out of the rotation, uh, that's not going to help. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you held on to him from when he was averaging five minutes over a five-game <laughs> stretch, then I guess just hang in there. His minutes have come up. He played 19 and 17, I think, in the past two games. Um, his per-minute stats are fine. And the center rotation is such a mess that, who knows, like maybe tomorrow Monroe starts. Uh, I don't think he will because Henson went off last night. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I could see holding on to him. I could see dumping him. Um, He's kind of like a slightly lesser version of Ennis Cantor, who gets you know twenty minutes a night. Monroe's at like eighteen. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I like him, um, like for trade value. But but by the way, how much props does uh, Stan Van Gundy get for outright cutting Josh Smith, who's in China, and then not bringing him in row back? Like he he played that perfectly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we do our weekly one buy low, one sell high candidate. I I, I took. I took Carl Anthony Towns, uh, which may sound kind of obvious, I guess, but man, he's he hasn't get he's not getting the ball. Give that guy the ball. Um, he's one of the best one-on-one scorers in the game already. Uh, great block rate. We just haven't seen him blow up. We've only seen him kind of put up mid-round value. Um, they need to get him the ball, and I think they will. And I think that's the whole Tyus Jones um, playing late 
reasoning. It's because they want Towns to get the ball. Rubio is not giving him the ball. So uh, I like him a lot. Uh, I, w- I would still consider him a top five kind of a player, despite how he's barely been top 40. Yes, yeah, I like that one. I think Towns. I got a couple of questions in today's live chat about, you know, should I trade <laughs> two two third round guys for Towns? I was like, yes, please. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, we, we haven't seen what we thought was going to happen on draft day, but it's coming. So just yeah. just hang in there. Um, I went with uh, Goran Dragic as nice. my buy low, simply because he's off to a terrible start. He's had a few injuries. Uh, his owners are probably super frustrated. So I think you can you can get get him for a song right now. Yep. Uh, another guy who I consider, I'll just add quickly, was uh, D'Angelo Russell, who kind of similar. Um, very minor, no structural damage. We found out he had an MRI on his knee uh, before the season started, which I, I hate I hate hearing that. Like, report your injuries, please. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to come on. PRP without structural damage is usually a good thing. The rest is going to do him really good. Uh, and then, yeah, he played well before. Um, so high, we talked him up, but I put Wilson Chandler on there. Uh, man, he, he's just been too, too good. Uh, he's not going to play the three as much when they get their depth back. And he's a, a walking injury. Uh, tons of hamstring injuries, tons of hip injuries, tons of knee injuries. Like, these are not things you want to have on a guy. So I would sell him for, like, all these guys we mentioned, D'Angelo, Goran Dragic. I think th- that's doable. Um, and I'd probably start there if you want a point guard. Yeah, I love Chandler as a sell high. Um, the injury things you mentioned, once healthy bodies filter back, he's going to shift to a reserve role, probably get minutes in the mid-20s. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I love that. Uh, for my sell high, I went with someone who I actually really like, but uh, George Hill. Oh, okay. Well, I think, I mean, he, he's great. I've always loved his game. I think he's always been undervalued. But there's no way. Right now he's shooting 55% from the field, 47% from downtown, and he's a first-round fantasy value. So that's not going to hold up. Um, so if you can get a you know top 30 guy for him, I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah, 68 true shooting. I think he's second in the NBA behind Kevin Durant. Uh, he is in the all-green shot chart club. Um, he's above <laughs> average everywhere. So, yeah, I'm, I, I, lo- I have a lot of George Hill. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would trade him for um, – I don't know. What about this? Would you trade him for Russell straight up? I, I think I'd probably want a little bit I more. I would not. I'd yeah. hold on to him. Yeah, same. So, but I think that's is it close for you or not at all? Not really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess <laughs> not, I like Russell more than most. I, I like Russell the rest of the season, but I, I I really like George Hill. And yeah. yeah. I just wouldn't. I think it's too much of a risk. So, there. how high are we going here? Um, let's see. Let's see if I could throw a name out. Uh, Conley. I take Conley. Over yeah, there. yeah sure. I would too. Um, Teague. Uh, probably go with George Hill. Yeah, I would too. I'm out. So it sounds like we think he's going to be a top forty kind of a player. Oh, I do. Yeah, okay. I think he's top 40. I'm just thinking if you could get like a top 20 guy, yeah. you know, if you could. <laughs> yeah, get, uh, like we said, get get uh, get Conley. I think that's a good, that's doable too. Uh, yeah. who, especially with the minute restriction, which I think will drop eventually. Uh, okay, so let's get to the questions here. We got Aaron Chen asking, uh, Nine Cat, he wants us to rank the following guys. Alex Len, J. Mike, Richardson, Sean Kilpatrick, and Biombo. I'll go first. I got my J-Boys at the top. Josh Richardson, number one. I love Josh Richardson. I uh, love J-Mike. Uh, Skill Patrick, I'm a little bit worried about Len coming back. Uh, I like Alex Len, and they actually went with that two-center lineup last night. I think that was because of the matchup. In the first mm-hmm. half, the Nuggets destroyed him at the paint, in the paint. So I think that was why. And it worked. I thought that lineup was successful. They lost the game, but I thought they limited them in the third quarter. That was probably their best, one of their best quarters of the season. 
Um, so I like that. And then um, Biombo's last for reasons we've discussed. Yeah, I had a similar bookend. So I had Josh Richardson first, Biombo last. Uh, but I mixed up the filling here a little with, uh, I went with Alex Len second, oh, then wow. Jay Mike, then Kilpatrick. So um, do you think that they're going to play Len more at the four like they did? Or I thought that was kind of a one and done kind of a thing. I'm not super thinking that, but I think if he can manage 25, 26 minutes a game rest of the season, uh, that's enough for, for top 120 value. Um, Jamichael is right on that same cusp. I don't know. They're kind of interchangeable in terms of overall value, but I'd rather take Len as a center eligible guy there. Yep. All right. So Zed is asking uh, Porter and Booker are so high options, both kind of in that mid round range, even more so with Porter. Porter's been an early round. Um, so, how high you want to shoot? If, if you want to sell high, um, I'd probably, like we said, like that whole point guard thing. Like, I would trade Porter for Russell. I would trade him for, um, I don't know if I would do Jokic. I, I'm, I'm a big Porter guy. Uh, so I think he's going to be, like we said with Hill, I think he can be a top 40 kind of a guy. A little bit worried about the hip injury, but I'd want, I'd want something I would be very, very confident in. Like, I would try for, like, Oladipo or... Somebody along those lines. But um, Booker, not quite as sold. Nets aren't going to be as good. I think they'll dial back as minutes as the season goes on. So, like, I would do maybe Booker for Jokic. That, that, that's something I would be interested in doing. Yeah, that's a, that's an intriguing deal I would take every time. Um, the, the problem with trading these two guys, I think, is they don't have, like, big name brand cachet. Yeah. So you try to trade Trevor Booker and someone's going to roll their eyes at you. <laughs> Um, even though you know, you know, you look at the stats and you're thinking, oh my gosh, this guy's a top 40 value, <laughs> but you know, you're not going to flip him for Rudy Gay. So, and, and if you could do it, like I, uh, I would make that trade every time, sure. but yeah, I'm with you on auto too. I think he's a legitimate top 40 guy. Um, I think Trevor Booker's going to slide. So I'd take, I'd be willing to take someone more in the mid rounds for him. Yeah. You're, so you're more, you're like me, you're more concerned about that hip or a hip injury or his hamstrings too are kind of bad. You're more worried about him getting hurt than production falling off. Oh, yeah. His okay. production's awesome. Yeah. And it seems sustainable. Uh, it is. It's that hip. And we've seen him struggle with it in the past. I think he missed like maybe a couple months four. a few, few years ago. Yeah, he had four year. games last year and then he had a problem with it earlier. He had a hamstring injury in his rookie season. So, yeah, yeah. definitely more uh, injury concerns. All right, let's get these last three. Swaggy's asking, uh, Drew Holiday and Ryan Anderson for Ibaka. Uh, that's a good trade. Uh, I, you like Ibaka more than I do. I like Drew Holiday more than you do, I think. So I, I would probably take Drew, uh, all things equal. But that's a really, really fair trade. I don't think Ryan Anderson really moves the needle much. It's pretty much yeah. uh, uh, Drew for Ibaka for me. Um, what, so I would what's go, funny is... Uh, oh, sorry, go God, I'm good. Um, yeah, so Drew Holiday. I'm actually high on Drew. I don't know okay. how high you are. But I, I yeah, I like him as a top yeah. 50 guy, maybe even higher. Um, and I am high on Ibaka. He's finally getting on track. He's stringing together some nice games. The blocks are there. Uh, scoring's up, hitting three-pointers. So I like him a lot. Um, but what's funny, I fielded this exact same question in the live chat earlier today. Probably same like guy. Ago. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I did. I went with Drew Holiday. Okay. Um, and I, I basically described Ryan. I was a throw-in. Yep. So, so we're on the same page. All right. And Yarrett Ortiz asking Ryan Anderson again. Um, this is a, a bad trade. Uh, Ryan Anderson and KCP for Miles Turner. Like, obviously, Miles Turner. Yeah, whoever uh, who asked this uh, asked if it was fair. And I, yeah, I thought yeah. to myself, well, fair is a relative uh, yeah. term, I suppose. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's not a, It's a steal for whoever gets Miles. Not yeah, I feel like that's just a spitball. And, like, should I even offer this? No, don't even offer that. Like, Miles Turner's no. owner's going to be like, dude, You're just going to insult someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so VP's asking a couple questions. 
Uh, we talked about Tim Frazier briefly. I like him, man. His minutes have actually gone up since Drew Holiday returned. Um, so he's good. Um, not going to hit you a lot of threes, but I think the steals are going to be the legit. I think the assists will be above average, like four and change. I think he scored maybe 12 points a game. Like, he should be top one, 100-ish. Yeah, you wanted to know if we should hold him in a 16-team yeah. league, and I'd, I'd say hold him in a 12-team league. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. Yep. All right, so Paul George uh, had the ankle soreness, had it two weekends ago, um, played through it, didn't go well. They pretty much just shut him down. Um, they're off until Sunday, I believe, uh, December 4th. So, yeah, just a, it's just a schedule rest. I mean, he has those... They have these three games jammed together and then time off. So he's going to get time off to get right. Um, Paul George is usually pretty durable, obviously the broken leg thing. But besides that, I mean, he hasn't missed a in- game due to injury besides that and that back injury as well since that leg issue. He had one game he missed last year, but that was because of rest. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Paul George, you could, I'd, I'd probably take him for, like, top 20. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think he's borderline first round when he's healthy. Um, super durable. We saw what he did last year. Removed from that horrific injury it was incredible. Um, I think he outperformed my ex- my expectations by a lot. I yeah, same. I can say the same for you. Yep. Um, but yeah, he's just hurt. They're, they're resting him, and they've tested the ankle, and it didn't come back with any major structural things. So I, I think he's fine. Yeah, like it's like D'Angelo, but a little bit shorter rest. So he should get he should get rolling soon. All right. Anything else you want to add? Anything you got cooking for the week? Uh, no, I'm about to take off and write a DFS column right now. Um, nice. feel, feeling good about that. I had a successful night last night, nice. so hopefully I can somehow roll that over into today's column. Who, who hit you off? Uh, at the last second, I flipped in Cousins when I found out that Vooch was going to the bench because I expected Vucevic to just roll over the Bucks, which he kind of yeah. did anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And then I inserted uh, a couple guys. I had Fournier in my lineup, and nice. he went off. Um, yeah, a couple other guys really hit for me. Harrison Barnes was great. Yeah, man, Harry B. When when Dirk's out, um, man. By the way, how did they? I can't believe the Pelicans lost that game. Like that, that should have been their game. Yeah, Dallas is bad. Bad bad teams find a way to lose, but yeah. you're right. They should they shouldn't have lost to that Mavs team. Yeah, Dallas is the worst record in the NBA. And there was, I think, last night, Davis had, like, almost 50% of their points. His teammates shot a combined, like, 29% from the field. It was just a nightmare, other than the, the AD show. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we're going to get out of here on that. Uh, you guys have a great week, and thanks for coming on, Ryan. Sure, talk to you, Mike. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.